Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Today, we're going to be talking about what it could look like in our lives if we were ever dancing on the waves, okay? So we're going to talk about Peter, and we're going to talk about a lot of different scripture. But what I want you to think about today, more than anything, is what would it take in your life to get out of the boat? What's holding you back from getting out of the boat? Now, as Sarah said earlier this morning, there's a song that has kind of inspired this and a lot of other things. But there's a song by We the Kingdom that's actually called Dancing on the Waves. And one of the things I thought about doing is going through that song with you guys because every single lyric from that song is pulled from Scripture. So if we wanted to, we could break the whole song down and we could find where they pull all their different lines from that song, which is really cool. But it would also take us a long time. And I know the Titans are playing at noon. So we can't do that today. So we're going to go at it from a different approach. So we're going to be first in Matthew 14, if you want to pull out your Bibles. Um, as I said before, we'll also be referencing a lot of other scriptures, but those will be on the screens. But I'd love for you guys to turn in your Bibles with me for this particular one. It's Matthew 14, 22 through 33. And this to me is just one of the coolest things that ever happened to the disciples. Like, oh, it would have been awesome to be there. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. The crowd he's dismissing is the 5,000. He just got done with that miracle, feeding all those people. So he's having them go and then sending the disciples on their way. After he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray, which Jesus did often, and we should too. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. How often does he say that to us now? Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And then Peter, I can imagine him. Peter just seems to me like he was a super charismatic guy. You know, like he, I just think he had a lot of emotions, that, this man. And so I could just see him jumping up in the boat, getting all excited, like almost falling off already. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come on the water. He's excited. And Jesus says, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Now, we got to resonate with this just a little bit because a lot of times it gets skipped over that Peter actually walked on the water. We just want to get to the next part where he starts to sink. 
But for a few moments, and we don't know how long, Peter was doing the impossible with Jesus. He was walking on top of water. This is huge. But then he saw the wind, and he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, like he does, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is big stuff here. As you guys, some of you know, my family and I are getting ready to embark on a new journey, and it's literally into the unknown. And as this whole process was happening in my life, and God finally told me that this is what he wanted me to do, I literally pictured this scene in the Bible of him reaching out and telling me, woman, get out the boat. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, well, my boat's comfy, and I like my boat. My boat has air conditioning and Wi-Fi and little squishy pillows. What do you mean get out of my boat? This is so comfortable. It's suited just for me, has all the things I like, it's stocked with my favorite snacks. What's she talking about? Get out of the boat. But that's what he said to me. And what's so crazy is I'm like, okay, okay, Jesus, let's do this. As I take big gulps of air, right? But I have no idea where we're going. And for a split second, that was terrifying. But now it's just exciting. And the reason it's exciting for me is because I know who God is and I know who God says I am. I know who's calling me out of the boat. So what we're going to talk about today is let's think about what did it take for Peter? What did he have to believe about Jesus to put his foot on that water? They first they thought it was a ghost. He knew it wasn't a ghost. What did Peter have to believe in the core of his very being to take his foot? And this, this wasn't a calm thing, right? The wind and the waves were crazy. It's not like he was just stepping on glass. It was windy and wavy and crazy and chaotic. What did he have to believe about Jesus to take that step? What do you have to believe about Jesus in your life, children of God, to take that step? Jesus does the impossible all the time. Are we awake enough to witness it? Are we excited enough, like Peter, to participate in it? Are we ready enough in our faith? Do we have enough foundation of who God is to take that step? Who is he to you? Is he just this person that you reach out to when you're having trouble? Is he just this person that you think about right now on Sunday mornings? Because that kind of Jesus, you're not getting out of any boat for. 
But when he's this real and personal God who knows you and loves you and wants what's best for you, then you will dance on the waves with him. You won't just tiptoe. You will run on that water and do a jig with Jesus. All up in the midst of the impossible. He wants to do these things in our lives. What is in your way that's keeping you from doing these things? What's it going to take? So we're going to talk just a few little things about who Jesus is, what he says about us, okay, to maybe help motivate us a little bit more to get out of our own boats, okay? All of our boats are different. All of our boats look different. They all have our own special things. But we all have our little comfortable areas, right? And God is constantly calling us out of those things. He's constantly calling us to do new and more and amazing things. But we have to be awake, people. We have to be awake and ready to hear his call, saying, come here, don't be afraid, it's me. Okay, so who is he? All right, so first of all, we're going to look at Romans 8, 35 through 39. This is super important. If you don't believe this, you're not getting out any boats. It says this, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we will face death all day long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that today, that nothing can separate you from his love? It does not matter how big your boat is. It doesn't matter how fortified it is. He still has love for you. That will never, ever end. It's huge, huge love. Another verse about God's love for us is Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. And I love this verse. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, Christ has these glorious riches. These are the things that he wants to give to us, okay? He may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, How high, how deep is the love of Christ? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you will be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's in work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, there's a whole lot happening right there. That out of his glorious riches, we will be strengthened. That we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We are some powerful people. Did you know this? 
Anybody? Okay. There's all this power at our disposal. Power to do these impossible things. It's within us. The moment you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, you are no longer alone forever. And you have his power at your disposal to be used for his glory, right? Not for your own. To be used for his glory. But he says that you will have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how long and how wide and how deep is the love of God. The Crenshaws just had their baby girl, right? And so I always have to ask all the new parents. So, do you understand a little bit more about God's love for you now? And of course, Jordan says, absolutely. When you have that child, you get just a little bit more of a taste of God's love for you. Just a little bit more understanding of how vast his love is for us. We still don't know, right? I still don't love my kids as perfectly as God loves us. It's, it's not possible. His love is huge. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that he loves you no matter what? No matter what you do or what you say or how much you push him out of your life, his love for you never fails, never ends. It's huge. So this is the one thing, one of the things, that I know Peter had to believe about Jesus before he got out of that boat. And as Christians, we have to believe that about us. Because if we don't believe that about us, we're going to go on living these defeated lives. Right? Where what other people say matters to us. Where how we feel takes control and reigns over what's real. We have this power within us, people. This amazing power that Christ wants to use. He wants to use us for his glory, for his kingdom, to do these things where people are like, how did that happen? And you say, Jesus. That's when you're allowed to give the Sunday school answer. Jesus. It's Jesus' fault. He did that. How cool is that? Would you like to know more about him? Because he loves you. Right, there you go. There's your segue. Go out into the world and tell people this, okay? He loves us. We have to believe this. It's the basic of basic of basics. If you want to move on in your Christian walk, in your spiritual life, if you want to start getting out of the boat, you have to believe how much he loves you. Because it's true. Not only does he love you, but he takes delight in you. You are his masterpiece. You are his chosen child. Did you know you're chosen? There's a a purpose for your life. You are on this earth for some super fantastic purpose. Your purpose in this life is not in your living room on the couch. Your purpose in this life is not in that boat with your squishy pillows. Your purpose in this life is very specific. God handcrafted you to do something for his kingdom. 
He did. You already have the tools. You just need his power and his strength in your life to do it. So here's the next verse that we're going to look at. This is Zephaniah 3, 16 and 17. It says, The time is coming when people will say to Jerusalem, Zion, don't be afraid and don't give up. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty enough to save you. That's another thing you've got to believe. He will take great delight in you. The quietness of his love will calm you down. He will sing with joy because of you. Can you imagine what God's singing voice sounds like? That's got to be pretty fantastic. The one who created music. It's got to sound pretty sweet. He sings for joy because of us. He takes delight in us. Do you believe that today? I know your life might be a total mess, but that doesn't matter to God. He's mighty enough to save you. He is mighty enough to put his Holy Spirit inside of you so that you can be a light to everyone who comes across your path. Only him. In the quietness of his love will calm you down. I absolutely love that. We could preach a whole sermon just on that one little line. The calmness of his love will calm us down. How many of us need some calm in our lives today? Yes. You do, yes, people, we're, we need some calm. And he's the only one that provides that actual peace, that true peace, that peace that passes all understanding. That when the waves are crashing all up against our comfortable boat and it's starting to get damaged, when the walls of your life are starting to crumble because it's something that you built and not him, he is the calm in the quiet. Just let that resonate in your life. He is the calm. We don't have to we don't have to keep trying to board up the holes to our ship. We don't have to keep trying to put band-aids on it. We don't have to keep looking and make sure that the lifeboat hasn't floated away. Get out of that boat. Accept this peace and this calm that the loving God is providing for you so you can dance with him on the waves. Dance. Here's another good one about God that we really should believe. It's Matthew 7, 9, and 11, and it says, Which of you asks your, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I love this passage. Just to think about God's love for us, it's true. Like, we all do have some evil in us, okay? We've got to accept that. We have sin within us. And once Christ comes in and washes it away, 
he makes us clean. But we still all, while we are on this earth, have this tendency to go the other way, right? We all have this tendency to follow Satan instead of Jesus. And yes, it's just those two options, okay? There's no in-between. Either you follow God or you don't. There's no in-between. But even though we have these evil tendencies that we have inside of us, we still want to give good gifts to our children, right? If Carter came up to me and was like, Mom, I really, really want this or that, I'm not going to be like, eh, 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 and like give him something super mean instead. I want to give good gifts to my kids. I want to do that. Jesus does that even more so. He only gives good things. God is not the bad guy in our world. We have to believe that. There's no way Peter would have got out of that boat if he didn't believe that Christ only had good intentions for him. Jesus is not going to say, get out of the boat and then let Peter drown, is he? Because he is a good God. And he wants only good for his children. He wants good things for you. So when he calls you to get out of your comfort zone, you should go running. Because whatever he's calling you to will be good. Is it going to be perfect? No. Is it going to be messy? Yes. Is Satan going to try to trip you up the entire way? You better believe it. But is it going to be good? Yes. There's no greater feeling than serving your purpose. I tell college students all the time, if you are struggling in your major, it's not your major. Switch it up. Unless you're just not studying and not trying. Like, obviously, that's a problem. But, you know, if you can't stand your classes that are part of your major, then you need to reevaluate. Because we, like I was saying, we're this masterpiece, right? And God has created us this certain way. And when we do what he's made us for, there's no better feeling than that. Hands down. Because everything he has for us is good. It might be painful. It might be hard. It might make your boat look totally different. But you've got to believe me, it's good. Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Isn't that what I just said? <laughs> That's what I just said. We are his masterpiece. He's made you for this super cool reason. And it's all good. It's all good things. Are you going to make a bunch of money? Probably not. But that's a whole other sermon too. Money is the root of all evil, right? So that's not the point of life. Don't go to school so you can make all this money because that's probably not what he's calling you to. He's calling us to get uncomfortable, you guys. We've got to get uncomfortable. But what's cool is whenever we break out of that and we choose discomfort, then it's comfortable. But it's that initial stepping out of the boat. Peter had to do that initial like, and it's hard and it's terrifying. 
and you don't know what's going to happen. But what? When he got out there, he was dancing on the water with Jesus, doing impossible things. It's just so cool. He wants that for our life. John 14, 12 says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole world. What kind of things was Jesus doing? What did he do? He just got done feeding the 5,000. He's walking on the water. He's healing people. He's casting out demons. He's doing all these things. And Jesus is the one that says this in John 14, 12. Very truly I tell you, you will do greater works than these. We have this power at our disposal. But we have to get out of the boat. What is it going to take for you, precious children of God, to get out of that boat? What's blocking in your life? Is it fear? Is it uncertainty? Is it worry? Whatever it is, he's greater than that. Whatever it is, he can help you get through it. He's just standing on the water saying, come. Do not be afraid. It is I, the God who loves you more than you will ever know, the God who has the power to save you from all of your mess, the God who has created you and knows you intimately. This is the God that's calling us all out of our boats. Can we dance on the waves with him? Do you want that for your life? I wonder if anybody has a willingness to just shout out, can just even be a word, that maybe God's putting in your heart today of something that you need to let go of or just give to him, just lay at his feet. Whether it is fear, uncertainty, complacency, that's a big one for us these days. We are so comfortable. We are so comfy. And that's not what God wants for us. I don't have this written down, but in Revelation, Jesus actually says that he despises lukewarm Christians and that he will spit them out of his mouth. And it's super harsh. You're like, hey, excuse me. And he's like, hey, excuse me. I've given you this power. I've given you this call. And you're sitting here all comfy, playing your games, yelling at people on social media, living just this whatever life when God wants so much more for us. He is calling us to get out of our boats. So anybody willing to yell it out? We all have our things, so you don't have to be worried about that. 
Who's who's got something? Clarity, yes. Yes, I am the overanalyzer of overanalyzers. So when God told me that it was time for me to move on with this, I was like, wait a minute, what do you mean? Do you mean this? Do you mean this? Do you mean this? And you know in your heart of hearts what he's saying. I knew what he meant. The second he told me, I knew what he meant. But I'm like, but are you sure? And he's like, woman, just get out the boat. Yes, thank you. Clarity. Sometimes we have to be okay with walking with our eyes closed, holding the hand of the one who knows where we're going, and being okay with that. He's like, let's just go, child. Like leading your kids through traffic or something. He's going to keep you safe. Yeah. Anything else? Listening? Yes. We don't take time to have that intentional silence with God anymore. And so everything else drowns out his voice, doesn't it? Motivation, Motivation, yes. That's a big one. Stubbornness. Mm -hmm. He can use that stubbornness. He can use that big time for his glory, right? When we're like, hey, this is what I believe, and you can deal with it, folks, right? We need a whole lot of that, too, because persecution is, is coming. We are very quickly becoming the minority in the United States of America, right? So if we don't have this foundation, this is, this is my God, and he's good, and he has called me for all of these purposes, and we don't have that stubbornness that says, I am not moving from my position, then we will falter, you know, in that persecution once people start saying, well, I meant more of God's not true. Control, right? Yeah. I got that one, too. Got to make our impatience, Yes. awesome these are all things that God wants us to give to him and he's fully capable of helping us deal with it he knows what it's going to take for us to get out of the boat he knows what all our boats are all our boats aren't the same right one of our boats could be struggling with being someone at church and then being someone else at work because that's comfortable. It's easy in a work environment if everyone else has the, the gossip scene going or everyone else has the let's just do things this way kind of situation. It's so easy for us to just acclimate to that and just become a part of that culture. But Christ calls us to be different, to be him wherever we go. So, you know, what's your boat? Do you want to dance on the waves with Jesus? Because it will be glorious, I promise. Okay. Um, I know we have these little bitty altars, but if anybody feels led today 
I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing that song. But if anybody wants to pray, and you're just so ready, you're on the cusp of breaking that boat up, jumping out of that boat, and you want some people to come and surround you and help you pray through that, then please, please use the altars today because we are here to pray for you. Um, I'll move this in a minute. All right, let's pray. Precious Jesus, I thank you so much for this word today. I thank you so much for being a God who's just so powerful and can do imaginable or immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Remind us of that today, God, that you are so much bigger and you're calling us, some of us, to so much more than where we are right now, God. That you want good for us, that you love us no matter what that we are your masterpiece, that you take delight in us. God, please just fill us up with these truths. Remind us who we are in you. You created us to be this powerful, powerful people, and we forget. And we find ourselves comfortable, and we find ourselves scared, and we find ourselves fighting for that control that we desperately need to let go of and and let you take the reins, God. And we just pray that you would just remind us today, God, that you would tell us for the first time maybe something that we need to change in our lives or just even in our hearts, Lord, with what we're doing, Lord, because you want such beautiful things for our lives. You're constantly chasing us down. You're constantly saying, don't be afraid come to me. It's me. You're such an amazing, merciful, and gracious Father. Light a fire under all of us today, God. Help us be strong enough and brave enough to get uncomfortable, to jump out into the great unknown with you, Jesus, so we can do such amazing things. Thank you for your promises to us that this is the reality of those who seek your face. For those who want your will for their life. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org give. Thanks again for listening.